Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Without further ado, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you don't got your Bible with you, uh, don't worry about it, I'll read it to you. But I'd love for you to go home and read it later. Um, a long time ago, I got to go to Oregon. I'd never been there. A guy that I worked with uh, said, hey man, I've got a daughter that lives in Oregon, and if you would like to go, uh, if you'll help me drive, I'll pay for everything. You get a free trip to Oregon. Well, I'd never been there, and I'm kind of one of those cowboys that likes to see over the over the other side of the mountain. And so anyway, I said, yeah, I'll go. I didn't realize it was like 50 days and 50 nights to drive to Oregon. My gosh. But anyway, so we were going to leave at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon from Lubbock, Texas. And so I went over there, and he'd given me his address. I didn't know a lot about this guy. I mean, I worked with him. I knew he was married and had a couple of kids, you know, stuff like that. And so I pulled up to his house, and I walk in. Well, what he failed to mention was that he had a, he had a daughter about my age, the cutest little blonde you've ever seen, and I was pretty single. I was like, well, hello. And she said hello back. And what also he did not tell me is that, she was deaf. And I had never really been around anybody that, that was deaf before. And I mean, she could read lips, you know. You would never really know. And, and she talked very, very well. I mean, whenever I met her, very nice to meet you. And so we all pile in this car. Well, because his daughter's deaf, they really didn't listen to the radio a lot. So I realized about 14 minutes into this trip, this was going to be a long trip because... My buddy and his wife sat up front. Me and this cute blonde sat in the back. And we just sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there. And so finally, before the sun went down, uh, she pulled out this journal and she starts writing and she starts passing me notes, right? She's like, well, where are you from? So I start telling her where I'm from. And anyway, she gets it back. She's trying to make out my chicken scratch because, you know, you're writing in the car. And it felt like he was in the third grade, right? And so that kind of went on for a little while. And so I took me a nap. And I, I don't know what time it was. It might have been 10 o'clock. It might have been 2.30 in the morning. But we're still driving. I'm still sitting in the same spot. And I kind of woke up and I looked over at her and she was awake. And she kind of looked over at me and kind of smiled at each other. And she goes, so I leaned over and I learned something else about people that are deaf. And she had the greatest sense of humor ever. She leaned over, and she says in my ear, Are you bored? <laughs> they don't whisper very well because they can't hear themselves, right? Well, I thought we was going to roll that vehicle because, I mean, it's 2.30 in the morning, and it's absolute dead silence. Just And all of a sudden, she yells, Are you bored? And I mean, her dad was like, I was grabbing on and everything. And of course, she just died laughing and I died laughing. They died laughing. We all nearly died. It was great. Okay? It was great. We, we, we still laugh about that today. And so anyway, we get to Oregon and I meet her older sister. And now there's a cowboy from Texas in Oregon and, and they're from Texas. And they said, we, we got to go dancing. What am I all about? Dancing, right? So we call up this place called the Rockin' Rodeo. I called him up and I said, hey man, what kind of music y'all play? He goes, where are you from? I said, Texas. He goes, don't show up tonight. 
I said, okay. He said, show up tomorrow. So I showed up the next night with these two blonde girls and prettiest girls you've ever seen, and I walk in, and I knew that I was not in Tejas no more because all the couples had on matching shirts. With flames. <laughs> it was the Brooks and Dunn, you know, Southwest Brush Popper, you know, everybody's dressed alike. And, of course, we stuck out like a sore thumb. And so, anyway, that was the first thing I realized that, that, that you know, me and, me and my, my uh, people that went with me, we wasn't dressed alike. And the other thing that happened was everybody was line dancing, Okay. Now, the only line dancing I ever knew was the cotton-eyed Joe, okay? That was about as close to line dancing as I'd ever got. So, I'd just ask them to dance, and we'd go out there, and we'd just dance through the people that were line dancing. And, and finally, this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, I don't really know how to do that, but my wife would really like to dance with you. I was like, sure. So, I started dancing with, 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 with his wife and, and then others. And, and, you know, we were just being real friendly and, and, and all of that. And so finally, me and, and the girl that I'd went to Oregon with, we were standing there, and I was kind of standing a little bit behind her. Well, I mean, she's deaf. She can't hear the music, okay? She said she could kind of feel the beat a little bit, but she can't hear it. So she's standing there, and I think she could feel that bass pumping or whatever, and she's kind of nodding her head. And this fella comes up behind her, and he goes, Excuse me, ma'am, would you like to dance? She just stands there. And I'm standing there looking at this guy. Well, she's the prettiest one in the place, so I'm kind of starting to be a little jealous, right? And so I was like, I don't know. I know. I'm, this is before I was saved, right? He's like, ma'am, would you like to dance? She just sat there. So I looked at him. Like, no, not really. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And so anyway, he was like, if you've ever seen a man tuck his tail and walk off. He did that. Now, I only let him get like four yards away, 40 yards away. I don't know. He might have left. No, not really. He, he was walking off, and I started feeling bad, right? I was like, hey, come here. He turned around. I was like, she's deaf. She can't hear you. He's like, what? Like, are you deaf? No. <laughs> she can't hear you. You got to talk to her. And he's like, oh. So he tapped her on the shoulder, and, and she turned around. And he goes, Hi. And she goes, hi. He said, would you like to dance? She goes, thanks, they're brand new. <laughs> Y'all are better than the first group. Y'all are awake. No, not really. That didn't happen. That was a joke. She said, yes, I would love to. And they, and, and they went out there and they danced. Okay? But how many times has it seemed, have we had those types of conversations with God? Where we, where we walk up to God and we ask Him something and He just doesn't say anything. What happens when, when we're asking God questions and He doesn't respond? What happens when God is silent? Well, I think that there might be a number of reasons, but I'm going to tell you about four reasons why you might be talking to God and He's not responding to you. Or maybe why God is being silent. The, the first thing that I think of when, when God is silent is... You know, we're always like, God, what should I do? Maybe He doesn't want you to do anything. You know, if, if there is a, a, uh, something that is very, I don't know, 
damaging to our Christian life, especially in America, is how busy we are all the time. We're just busy, 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 busy. And you know what? Sometimes God just says, man, you just need to relax. Just chill and just hang with me a second. You ain't gotta, we ain't got to be saving the world and, and, and doing all of this stuff. Man, just chill out for just a minute. If God's not saying anything to you, maybe it's because you're a busybody and He wants you to just relax. Now I can tell you, if that is the case, if you're one of these busybodies that's always wanting to do something and this and then you got more cat and call in you than you got Gus, God is probably telling you to relax and you should while you have the time. Okay? Because I guarantee you what happens is in my line of work, people always say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, when He does tell you, it's going to scare the fire out of you. So if He's not saying anything, enjoy it because there's going to be a day when you quit saying, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. And you're going to go, God told me what He wants me to do. And it's going to scare you to death, okay? So if God's not saying anything to you, He's not mad at you, okay? He's not mad at you. If He's not saying anything, take that as a moment just to say, hey, I'm just going to chill out till God tells me to do something else. There's times that on the Rocker B Ranch and, and, and even out at the Long X, if we finish early one day and we don't have time to start something and finish it also, we may go to the house at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Those days don't come very often, but when they do, man, just relax. It's okay. You don't have to be busy every single moment of every single day. Even God rested on the seventh day. The second thing of when God might be silent is found in John chapter 1, verse 39. Now, you don't have to go there because if we were having a Bible memorization uh, uh, contest, this is an easy verse to remember. Okay, if you're not really one of these that uh, memorize, that's good at memorizing verses, you can memorize this one. Okay, it's in John chapter one, verse thirty-nine. And the second reason that God might be silent is that He's not going to explain Himself. Okay. See, there's some disciples, and they were asking Jesus a bunch of, well, this is actually before they were disciples, and, and they're asking Jesus a bunch of questions, right? And He's like. Come and you'll see. Come on. And he just leaves. He just leaves. See, the second reason is God's not going to explain himself a lot. He's going to say, come and you'll see. Because too often he says to, for us to do something, and we've got a million questions. Well, what's it going to cost? How much, you know, how long is it going to take? You know, what, what is so-and-so going to say? And, and really all we're doing there is trying to decide whether or not we're going to follow Jesus or not. And what is his response usually? He says, come and you'll see. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's what I think all the time when Jesus says, come and you'll see. Uh-oh. <laughs> that is it. Let's go to God in prayer. We're over. He's not going to tell you why he's leading you. He's going to say, hey, come on. And he expects you to follow. And you're going to be with a thousand questions. And he's just not going to say a word. Just follow him. Just follow him. You know, he's not going to lay all the pros and cons out for you. You know, like, well, God, should I really do that or not? He's like, oh, let me tell you the benefits. The benefits are this and this and this and this and this. No, if God's leading you to do it, he knows it's good for you. He never said it would be easy on you, but he knows exactly what you need. The third reason of why God might be silent is maybe he's waiting on you. 
Because there's been a lot of times in my life, and I'm sure even in your life too, that you have heard from God. When He has asked you to do something, or better yet, maybe you told Him you were going to do something. Well, see, God, if you'll get me out of this wreck right here, man, I'm going to start reading my Bible, and I'm going to go to church every Sunday, and I'm going to start praying to you, and I'm going to start tithing, or you can fill in the blank. God, if you will do this, I will do that. And have you followed through with it? Probably not, because you're probably just like me. In the heat of the moment, you made all these promises to God. God, I'll use my gifts for your glory and everything. And then as soon as you started feeling better, you went right back to the way that you've always done things. And then you pray to God and you're like, hey God, you know, what about this and this and this? And He don't say nothing. You know what He's doing? He's waiting on you. There's a, a, there's a book called Have a New Kid by Friday by Dr. Kevin Lehman, I think is the author. And, and, I, and I read this book, and while I don't agree with everything anybody says, he did have one good thing, and I accidentally said it in front of Griffin today, so now he knows my secret. And um, what he says is that we need to quit telling kids every, you know, 30 or 40 times. You just say it one time, and then you be quiet. Well, they don't get to do anything else until that is done. You're not punishing them. You're not mad at them. But if you say, hey, I need you to take the trash out, and they don't take it out, then you don't remind them. They just can't do anything until that is done. And at first, they're going to be like, oh, can I go to the skate park, or can I do this? No. No. Can I watch some TV? No. No. Can I go outside? No. You just say no. And they're going to be like, well, why? And you don't say anything. You make them figure it out, and they will figure it out. They'll start thinking, man, why? Why? Oh, I was supposed to take the trash out. And then they go take the trash out, and then they come back. Can I go to the skate park? Sure. Guess what? You don't have to do that very many times before they start listening to you, and it works for most people. My wife tries it on me. I'm a little hard-headed. But I think that's what God does to us. He tells us to do something, and then He waits. And then we start talking about all of this other stuff, and He's like, man, if I can't trust you with a little bit, I'm not going to give you any more. That's biblical. So maybe He's waiting on you. He's not ignoring you. He's not mad at you. He's not punishing you. But either you have already told Him that you were going to do something that you have not followed through with, or he has told you to do something, and you're not going to do it. Well, you know, it's not like 20 questions where he's going to, it's not like Shark Tank where God's in front of you and you're sitting like, well, let me hear your proposal of what you would like me to do. It's not like that. He's going to give you, he's going to say, hey, I want you to do this, and I want you to do it for my glory, and then he's just going to leave it alone. If you're not hearing from God, it might be because he's already told you to do something, or you've made a promise that you were going to do something, and you haven't followed through with it. He's not going to explain himself. He's going to say, come on. If, if he says, I want you to go here, he's going to say, come and you'll see. He's not going to answer a bunch of questions. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to be rude. But you need to see it, not hear about it. Maybe he just wants us to relax because we're busybodies. When we got back from Oregon, I knew where that cute little blonde girl lived. So I would go see her. And I ended up dating her for a while. And this was back before cell phones and texting and all of that. And I, I learned something else about the deaf community. 
uh, way back when, is that she could call me on the phone. Now, she couldn't hear what I said. She went through this deal called like Texas Connect or something. She would dial a number, and then she would tell them the number that they wanted to call. And my phone would ring, and this is kind of back before caller ID, and I'd answer it, and, and you know, somebody would say, this is so-and-so with Texas Connect. I have a call from so-and-so. Will you accept? Yes. And inevitably, I would always get this big burly dude on the phone, and he'd be like, Hey, honey, how are you doing today, sweetheart? Over. Because you had to say over so that they knew when, when, you know, when it was time to tie it back. So I'd take a deep breath, and I'd be like, I'm doing fine, sweetheart. How are you, beautiful? Over. And you'd hear, and then you'd hear the dude come back on. I sure would like to see you tonight. <laughs> Over. I'd like to see you too. Over. Thank you for the roses you sent me. They was beautiful. Over. Well, you're worth it, honey. <laughs> I found out later that when she typed in, she would always ask for the deepest voice guy. She would do it on purpose because she knew. She, she was great. She was absolutely great. Love that girl. But the fourth thing, sometimes God doesn't sound like we want Him to sound. Sometimes we're expecting one thing, and what we get is something else. And when it's something else, we don't hear it. In 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 13, Elijah, the prophet, they're trying to kill him. There's nobody left. Everybody's gone their own direction. They're, I mean, things are bad in Israel. And Elijah has run off to a cave in the mountains. And God says, starting in verse 11, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Does anybody see? Is anybody hearing a theme in today's? Because, you know, we were all supposed to be raptured yesterday, Right? Jesus said he doesn't even know the day of his return, not him or the angels. And then people are saying, well, you know, God's sending hurricanes to judge us and fires to judge us and, and windstorms to judge us and everything. But, my, I mean, my Bible says, uh, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. You know, there's lots of things in our lives that are going to be screaming at us our responsibilities of what we think we should do and not do, the greed, and, and like I talked about before, our being busy all the time, all the time, all the time. And 
All of those things scream at us every single day. But God is not in those things. He's in the gentle whisper. And we've got to be able to tune all of that stuff out so that we can hear Him. You're going, he's not going to fight to be heard. You are going to have to fight in order to listen. Because He's not going to raise His voice. He's going to speak to you in a gentle whisper. And the only way you are going to be able to hear Him is to clear your heart and to clear your mind. To get rid of all of that sin, of, of all of that stuff that gets in the way where you can hear His gentle whisper. And do you know what that gentle whisper said to Elijah? You know what he said? Elijah said, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me too. You want to talk about having it rough? Elijah has it rough. He's all alone. And maybe you feel like you are all alone too. You have all of these problems that are weighing down on you. You don't know where to turn. It doesn't matter what you do. If you turn left, you should have turned right. And if you turn right, you should have turned left. If you go up, you should have gone down. Nothing you seem to do seems to be working and it is killing you. You know what God says to do? In verse 15, 1 Kings 19, 15. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Go back to where I told you to be. I told you to be my prophet in Israel. You go back there. You ran away because you were scared because they were trying to kill you and everything was going wrong. You get back to where I told you to be. And you know what? You need to get back to where God told you to be. Because see, at one time, you were on fire for God. Man, you made a bunch of promises and you were like, yes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then you didn't follow through with any of that. And then life just started happening and it's not, God's not making it happen. But you got off the trail. And now you're crying out to Him and you're saying, why is this happening? Why is my life like this? And that gentle whisper is telling you, you need to go back the same way you came. You need to go back to the way you were in the beginning. You need to get back to who He has called you to be. You need to do what He has called you to do. You need to start saying the things that He has called you to say. And you need to be who He has called you to be. You need to light that fire before it goes out. You need to go back the same way that you came. Where have you been? Because God is still right there and He is calling every single one of us back. To Him. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's not ignoring you. He's not mad at you. But He is calling you back. And if you have ears, listen because He is speaking to you. He wants nothing more than for you to know how much He loves Him. And loves you, sorry. Where are you? You feel lost. Like God hasn't been speaking to you. Relax. Just relax. There's a thousand steps that we can take that lead us away from God. But there's only one step that will take us back to Him. Won't you turn around and go back the way you came and remember how you felt when God first came into your life and be that person that you said you were going to be. Let's go to God in prayer. God, bless those here that you have called, that you are calling right now. Be with them and guide them as 
they do your and only your bidding. Wrap your arms around them and whisper gently in their ear that everything they've ever needed is found in your Son, Jesus Christ. Dad, let them hear you. Let them know you. Let them love you. And let them have the courage to follow you all the way to eternity. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray all this. Amen. Thank you all for coming today. If you're online, don't shut it off just yet. Uh, We are going to Israel in February of next year. Um, It is $3,200 to go. I know $3,200 is a lot of money in the short term, but in the long term, term, you've spent $3,200 on a lot of stuff differently than something that's going to change your life. Please, if you want some information about it, Come talk to me. Uh, One of these days I will have uh, the brochures printed up. I just keep uh, forgetting, but the money has to be in by December 15th. And so, uh, anyway, y'all go in peace. We love you and hope to see you back next week.